We here are all such innovative people. So I am telling you, if you want to change the world, you're at Georgia Tech. You can do that. If you want to build the Iron Man suit, you're at Georgia Tech. You can do that. If you want to play theme music during your convocation speech like a badass, we're at Georgia Tech. We can do that. I am doing that. Cut like four minutes. And we are doing this. This is the podcast known as What's the Good Word? The podcast about Georgia Tech athletics by Georgia Tech alum and fans for Georgia Tech alum and fans. My name is Stephen. I am the alum. His name is Joshua. He is the fan. Joshua, what's the good word? To hell with Georgia. And that is that is it. Put it's it on a t-shirt. Put it on a pillow. Crochet it and frame it. Hashtag to hell with Georgia. Yes. We are here on episode number 27. Joshua named this episode because it is the Presley Harvin episode. The one and only the unit, the the best punter I think I've ever seen come out of Georgia Tech. Doing some great things out there in Pittsburgh. Nothing brings me more joy than the, a position normally, you know, manned by 150 pound scrawny white kids. You've got a 260 pound tank out there dropping nukes. And we got to see a lot of them when he was at Tech because the offense sucked. Well, Presley was there during the dark days, and uh, he he was the highlight of Collins's first year. And every broadcast we watched, they always were like, they got a good punter. And I'm like, yeah, because he's out there 10 times a game. And he was awesome. And I can't remember what game, but he had a beautiful fake punt touchdown pass, or at least first down pass. It's one of the best thrown balls by a Tech quarterback in a long time. Uh, and <laughs> You're so, right. Come on. We Presley Harvin, episode number 27. Joshua and I salute you. Speaking of Georgia Tech alum, we wanted to kick off the show. Joshua uh, said this, and I 100% agreed. It was not even debated at all. Joshua, why don't you take the lead and tell everybody the alum shout out we're going to give at the very beginning? A huge, important shout out to our favorite. Player we love watching every every warm-blooded Georgia Tech alum who pays attention to athletics should love this man, Jose Alvarado. Who you know we know we've talked about him a little bit over in New Orleans. He was selected to the Rising Stars game over All Star Weekend, which was this past weekend. Basically, the NBA, in order to fill time slots and get more stuff on TV, brings in a bunch of rookies, sophomores, and G leaguers, has them play this weird tournament thing. Either way, it's All Star Weekend, so as you figure, most of the time guys are kind of going half. Half effort. Jose Alvarado was not. Um, Jose Alvarado was elected the all MVP of the Rising Stars game. He was cutting to the basket, breaking people down, actually hit the game winner in the championship game after telling Donovan Mitchell that he would do that and betting him dinner. Not to mention Jose Alvarado was also picking up full court while playing in this game. This is an all-star game where no one ever plays defense. Jose was picking up full court. I've got his rookie cards right here. I love it. I need more of it. There's I was so unsurprised when it happened. Let's keep it that way. Jose Alvarado, the undrafted uh, star out of Georgia Tech, who everyone who had watched him play knew if he's just given a chance, there's the one thing you can count on is he will be absolutely different from the NBA in that he'll take no plays off. He will do anything to, to, to 
be a pest, to grind out games, to do whatever is necessary to help his team win, including drive the bus. Uh, he is, he's just, I love it. And there's nothing better to say than Jose Alvarado picking up full court in the rising stars <laughs> game, because of course he did. And, and if, wow. if anyone, if anyone said anything, he'd be like, what? I'm just playing basketball. Wow. He was doing this while being interviewed on live TV during the game. So uh, they don't build him like that anymore. That's for sure. You know, Jose, if you keep going back to All-Star Game weekend, I might actually have to watch. I caught the highlights. I do not. I mean, that that's that's another conversation for another time. But if they bring Jose back, I'll, I'll I might watch next time. In yeah. fact, I should because I know what I'm going to see and it's beautiful. So shout out to Jose. All right. Speaking of uh, alum, I will kick off the news portion of the show. For those of you that are new, we like to do the first half of the show. We give you as much Georgia Tech athletic news as we can. Second half of the show, we dive deep into a topic or a particular sport. Today, we are going to kind of do our preview. Well, not kind of. We will do our preview of the Georgia Tech baseball season. So before we get to that, let's get into the other parts of the news. So speaking of alum, the Pro Jackets Golf Report has a couple of things to announce. Uh, Our old friend, Andy Ogletree, refuses to get his name out of the news. Ogletree is playing on the Asian tour and he recorded a convincing victory in the International Series Qatar at uh, Doha Golf Club. He won the event, earning over $400,000 in a $2.5 million purse. He closed with a 1 over 73, but he finished seven under and one by three shots. So he led almost wire to wire. He dominated. It's his second victory on the Asian tour this year. He won in October, uh, had a great open to the tournament and just kind of dominated and never really was in doubt. So shout out to Andy Ogletree winning his second Asian tour event. Sounds like he's ready for bigger and better things. We'll see if he can get back on the live tour or be allowed back on the PGA tour. So shout out to him. One other piece of, excuse me. Just allowed. It's so, it's so petty. One other uh, millions of people. And they were like, Oh, you, how dare you show up at the PGA tour. One, uh, one other piece of pro, uh, two other pieces of pro jackets, golf news number one Stuart sink who we shouted out at the phoenix open wearing the kevin durant jersey apparently while at the 16th green in one of his rounds a streaker (laughs) was spotted on the green while Stuart was in the tee box so he was shouted out for wearing a kevin durant son's jersey and he got to see the streaker incident uh sink is reported to have a little fun with it after the round saying uh, he saw it. It happened while he was in the tee box and basically called the guy an idiot and said, I guess he'll have, he had five or 10 minutes of fame running around, but it's going to be a lot longer than that of something other than fame uh, for that move. But Stuart Singh taking all things in stride, including streakers at the Phoenix Open. The other little piece of news is our old buddy Cooch, Matt Coocher's son, 15 year old son, I believe his name is Camden 
was trying to qualify for the Honda Open at 15 years old. So trying to qualify for a pro tournament at 15 was in the pre-qual rounds. Not sure how he did, but got a little shout out uh, for that. So good luck to Camden Kuchar. And Matt was a proud dad talking about it this last weekend at his tournament. Speak moving from alum to the other, the actual Jackets golf team. Joshua is dying to get to the next story, but I am going to mention that you're just what? I'm just waiting for you to. I, I, I every time I, I didn't know how how deep into the golf wormhole you were going, so I thought we were so coming the, out, but I didn't realize we had another jump in us. The Yellow Jackets uh, golf team came up one stroke shy at the Water Sound Invitational, so they lost to the number one ranked golf team Vanderbilt and the team event by only one stroke, but finished second and had uh, a very good kind of showing uh, all across the board. Ross Steelman in the final round had a nine under 63. Tech posted their seventh lowest round in program history in the final round, a 21 under par 267, but they came up one stroke shy behind Vanderbilt they they started the day well back uh, from Vanderbilt and shaved a lot off that lead, just came up a little bit short. But the uh, as far as individually, Hiroshi Tai uh, had a five under par 67 in the final round. Connor Howe added a four under par 68. Bartley Forrester and junior Christo Lamprecht had three under pars. Lamprecht was uh, unsuccessful in his bid for a second individual tournament title. He tied for second place. So the team tied for second place and Lamprecht tied for second place at 13 under par for the tournament. And Ty was ninth at seven under par. So really nice tournament for the Jackets. I hope it's evidence of a lot more very good things to come for them during their golf season this spring. Are we done? That's it. Well, we're not done with the show, but we are done talking about golf. I just want to make sure we're done talking about golf before I before I hop into a, a, a yeah. sport that people people are waiting to hear about. What you were actually doing was showing golf etiquette, being quiet. The the crowd was yeah. silent, waiting to make I was sure waiting the, for the hand was, to go down was so in. That I could do my so golf clap All right. on that segment. Moving on. Georgia Tech men's basketball, our favorite topic on the show. We're going to try to keep it as short and sweet as possible. But if you've listened to the show before, you know we like to get carried off on tangents. Either way, we have three games to cover for you. We are recording this late Tuesday night. We waited till after the pit game so that we could talk about it. But we're going to start off with great news. Georgia Tech got another ACC win, and this one was not over one of the absolute bottom feeders. Georgia Tech at home took on Virginia Tech, Battle of the Tech Schools. And Georgia Tech came out with a 77-70 to 70 win. Quite the game. Debo Coleman had um, one of the games of his life, 21 points on 6 of 10 shooting. Miles Kelly added an efficient 15 points with 6 rebounds. Um, Lance Terry had 14. Kyle Sturman had 10. Javon Franklin had a Javon Franklin stat line of 10 points, 10 rebounds, 3 assists, 5 blocks, and 3 steals. And all five starters scored in double figures. And then Jalen Moore off the bench had 7.6 rebounds and three assists. 
Just an overall great game from Georgia Tech. One of the better ones of the year. Did shoot 50% from three, which I don't even have to look. I know that's a season high. That um, uh, th- so that game was by far the best game that Georgia Tech played all year. The Miami game was was second, but that Miami game, I think Miami kind of didn't didn't play well. Plus, we played fairly well. This was uh, a seven point win, but honestly, we were up most of the second half by by twelve to sixteen points, kind of range. We we kind of choked a little at the end, but th- this was up and down offensively, defensively. They played fantastic, and the seventy seven seventy win shows that clearly. Yeah, absolutely. Well, over the weekend, Georgia Tech did get another game because the ACC has fifteen teams. Um, one every weekend, one team is kind of left out in the cold, so they have to do a non-conference game. Georgia Tech ended up being that person, and they ended up playing Florida Tech, and it's Florida Tech, so it wasn't. So it was supposed to be a tune-up game. Uh, Tech tuned up, won seventy-nine to fifty-six. Uh, interestingly enough, the Tech was only up nine at halftime, thirty-seven twenty-eight. They did turn it up in the second half, scoring forty-two points. Uh, big performers, Lance Terry had 19 on 7 of 15 shooting. Javon Franklin, 13 points, 14 rebounds, two blocks and a steal on only nine shots, no less. Uh, Jalen Moore, 15 off the bench, so a good game from him. Not a great game from Debo, who only had eight, but he did have five assists. So, you know, the Tech was supposed to win this game, quite simply. Uh, not, not huge, huge news. So wh- I watched that game. Florida Tech stayed in it early because they just got a ton of offensive rebounds at the very beginning. Tech made some adjustments, started kind of holding them to one shot and kind of adjusted their defense. So it, it was a game that we did what we should have done. Uh, our our buddies, Fred Pauls and, and, uh, and Kirill got in. In fact, right at the very end of the game, Jelante uh, uh, Hill, I believe, uh, Hill, I think his name is Hill, sorry, <laughs> One of the one of the end of bench guys got a beautiful dunk at the end of the game. So everybody, a lot of people played. <clears throat> and to, by the way, on that weekend that each team gets where they don't play, you, they have the choice of whether they want to schedule another game or they can just take the weekend off. Passner mm-hmm. was quoted as saying, you know, he likes to play. He likes it's a tune-up. He, he likes to just – keep that rhythm of playing twice a week. Yeah, absolutely. Well, bringing us to the third game on the docket, the one that just happened about finished just about 10, 15 minutes ago, Georgia tech went into pit and the final score was 76 to 68, which doesn't sound awesome. If you watch the game, you know, if you didn't, Georgia tech was in this game up until about eight, like I want to say like six to seven minutes uh, from the end to the end, last six to seven minutes when Pitt finally started to really hit some shots. Uh, Tech was leading for most of the game. It was at least close. They were going back and forth, especially going into halftime, coming out of halftime. A lot of one-point lead, two-point leads, and then go come right back and just keep flip-flopping. So quite the quite the game. Miles Kelly had a career-high 24 points, six threes. Quite very good game from him. Uh, Kyle Sturdivant also had 16 points and five assists. Javon Franklin, who was the smaller guy by far in this matchup, uh, 15 points, eight rebounds, four assists, and two blocks. Only missed one shot. 
He was six of seven from the floor. Um, Georgia Tech was also only playing with six people. Dave, Davon Smith has been battling some injuries. Uh, hadn't played in the last few games. Didn't travel with the team. Neither did Tristan Maxwell. Rodney Howard has apparently been cast out of the rotation entirely. We already know Jordan Mecca doesn't play at all. So we were left with six. Jalen Moore played 30 minutes off the bench, had 10 and four. Uh, and then the big one, the big thing that kind of changed the game was Lance Terry picked up two quick fouls, got a third one, had to sit for a little bit, and then picked up a fourth one, I believe, before halftime, correct? Yes, yes. Yeah, so whenever Lance didn't really play until about 10 minutes left in the second half, got to play for a few more minutes, and then fouled out. Uh, Pitt, and he never really got into a rhythm, ended up 0-4 from the floor which did kind of hurt Tech because having Lance out there really helps. Otherwise, you only have really have one ball handler in Kyle. Um, so it was – again, Tech was in it. They fought really well. Their defense looked fantastic in the first half, um, did hold Pitt to only 33 points, but they were not able to keep that up in the second half. Yeah, so I, I think it's safe to say, uh, and I don't – I'm sure the online community would have other opinions at some point, some people – but there's no question right now this team is playing some of their best basketball. This team is showing <clears throat> kind of what their ceiling is for this year. They are much more competitive. They are mm-hmm. hitting more shots. That that nine-game losing stretch, and we mentioned this in the last episode, I believe, that nine-game losing stretch, they just they couldn't throw it in the ocean. They were getting open shots. Well, now... They're not awesome, but they're much better. They're shooting about 38, they're 39. Matching. They, so they shot 47% against Pitt, which is exactly what Pitt shot. Uh, they also shot 32% from three, 70% from the line. The biggest difference in this game was Pitt shot 95% from the line on 20 free throws. Pitt right. had double the amount of free throws that Tech had. Yeah, and, and you know, Tech is showing – that they aren't a team that's going to close really well. If you look at Josh Pastner's success, as Jose and Moses aged and went from sophomores to juniors to seniors, they learned how to close games. This team doesn't know how to do that right now. They, When they're playing well, they hope they can continue to play well, but they don't have that grind gear of, I got to go get a bucket. So... Yeah. That and we saw that and 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 listen, we said at the very beginning of this year, ceiling would be if we could get in the top ten of teams, but we kind of felt like this team should be around. We're hoping is around eleventh or twelfth. Well, they're like thirteenth. Okay, so they're not yeah. at the bottom. They've got three games left. They play Louisville at home and they play Syracuse and Boston College on the road. If they can win two of those three, they will match last season's ACC win total. Well, which for this team, one of those, if they win one of those road games, it's going to be the first road win for this team not in the state of Georgia. Correct. They they mentioned that they the only the only road win was against Georgia State this year, and 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 I when they said that on the broadcast tonight, I thought, oh yeah, that's right. I haven't seen them go to the gas station. You know, that's one of their little uh, that's one of the traditions that Josh has had, and we haven't been able to see that this year. So I hope these guys get the chance to go to a gas station. And, well, it's and, up to them. It is. It is. And and if you look at the the flow of this game. 
Joshua, you mentioned it. You know, they were within one or two with about eight minutes left. And then there was a stretch where we missed like four or five straight threes and had a turnover or two, which we hadn't had a turnover in the first 30 minutes of the game. So yeah. you just, you had that bad run. And and those shots, like th- uh, most of them were wide open. We they hit some shots. of them in the first they, half. I think as fans, sometimes we kind of get um, sidetracked by the fact that you know, the other team does want it too. So I yeah. mean, Tech played a good game. Pitt just played better because Pitt was a better team. So and it by the is way, what it is. You, you take it and you move. You can build on this. Yeah, and Pitt is fighting for the regular season ACC title. And yeah. every almost every starter is 23 or 24 years old for Pitt. That matters. It matters. Yeah, absolutely. Okay? Absolutely. So you know, it is what it is. Good effort. Let's finish. Get. Let's get at least one more win, and I'd love to see us get two. And don't lose the Louisville. We, For the love of everything holy, don't lose the Louisville again. And and we've become a team that we're starting to become that team again that that teams don't want to play. And so uh, we'll keep, see. We'll see. Keep that up. Keep that up. All right. Uh, one last piece of news before we get into the second half of the show, and hopefully it won't be more than half. It, it will just be half or less. But uh, I want to give a shout out to the Tech Swimming Team. The ACC Championship for Swimming and Diving was held. Guess where it was held? It was held at the Flats. Do you know why? Because we have the Swimming and Diving Center that was from the 96 Olympics. We still have arguably the best Swimming and Diving Center, maybe in the country, but definitely in the ACC. So they hosted the championships there, and uh, one of our swimmers, uh, Unlu, uh, that I don't know if I'm saying his name correctly, but he won the silver medal in the men's 200 free, and Ertan won uh, won the 500 free at the ACC championships. And Ramlerec.com has a nice little story about how Tech earned two podium finishes at the ACC championship. Uh, Ertan, uh, what I'm sorry, what is her first name? Dad Gummit <laughs> Denise Ertan won, uh, like I said, won the uh 500 free. She was the first female multi champion because she also won the women's 1650 free, so she won the 500 and the 1650. And then on the men's side, it was what is his name, Mert. Kilavuz. I hope I'm saying that correctly, Mr. Kilavuz. He did have another podium finish. He claimed a silver medal in the 1650 free. So apparently the 1650 free is one of our good events. At least we have some top swimmers this year. Apparently so. So kudos to him uh, for winning uh, the uh, silver medal in that and Mr. Unlu winning uh, silver in the 500 or I'm sorry, in the 200. So Shout out to the swimming and diving team. Here we go. Go then. All right, Joshua. It is for you and I personally. It is our favorite sport about to start. But we have a confession to make. Even though baseball is our favorite sport, we are not necessarily long-term followers of Georgia Tech baseball. We would say, would you say? Not yet. Yeah, we are going to be deep followers this year. Would you say up to this point you've been a check-in guy when it comes to tech baseball? 
I have, especially in the last few years when tech is starting to get really good. You you see the stuff, you kind of you you figure it out, and then oh hey, college World Series, and then Georgia Tech's name is there. I'll, I'll turn that on absolutely. So I'm trying to get more into it because I love baseball. College baseball has just never been like very accessible from the way that I. It's not you know always on ESPN. They don't have their regional sports network. Um, not like college basketball and football. It's a lot easier to find those, and so. You know, when I was a 12-year-old kid, it was a, it kind of – I watched what was on, so. Yeah, so it it, uh, it is an interesting – there are – I definitely have some friends who are big college baseball fans. Where I lived in uh, Bozeman, Montana, we had next-door neighbors who had retired there, and the husband – Every year with his adult sons, they would meet in Omaha, largely because it was kind of in the middle of the country, but they also really enjoyed the College World Series in Omaha. So they yeah. that was rather interesting. I also, as a Tech alum uh, of a certain age, I could at least rattle off, uh, you know, Jim Poole and and uh, Mark Teixeira and Jason Veritek and Nomar and Jay Payton and uh you know, I, I could and Kevin Brown, some other. So I could I could rattle off some names. I also know Danny Hall. He's been there forever. Uh, I remember when it was Jim Morris. So I can shout out that name of a past coach. But it's mostly a, you know, hey, did we make the did we make the College World Series? Did we get out of the regional? Are we going to the super regional and just kind of follow them that way? So with that as a backdrop, I'm going to get out of your way as not only the fan, but also the aspiring sports media guy and why don't you just kind of tell us what we need to expect and what you know and what you'd like to tell us about tech baseball as the season is just kicking off and i guess we should probably start with early season results would that be fair to do i was gonna start with that i was gonna let the fans know that georgia tech has already started they had their first series of of its past weekend Uh, if you're not familiar with the way college baseball works more or less uh, they play every weekend, and then they have one midweek game. So Georgia Tech, there's a Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and then normally you'll play a Tuesday or a Wednesday game. So Georgia Tech over the weekend played Miami, Ohio uh, in their first series and swept it up playing at Georgia Tech. Won the first game 15-12. to 12. They started off with a massive lead in that game and then unfortunately kind of let Tech or let Miami get back into the game, which was not fun at all. If I could find the uh, freaking line score, it would be so much 15, easier. Yeah, I believe it was 15 12. We, we, so we it was mentioned 15 this. To 12. Yeah, we mentioned the tech this last jumped out to a thir- Yeah, they jumped out to a 13 to nothing lead. And then Ohio just kind of slowly got it back into it because our pitching staff tech did throw a lot of freshmen and sophomores guys that probably won't see a lot of time this year. So it is what it is. Uh, next two games tech won five to four on the Saturday game and then wrapped up the series with a 16 to eight rubbing to send Miami home. And today, just, just a couple minutes ago over in Statesboro, Georgia, they're playing Georgia Southern and went down pretty big at the beginning of the game and then came right back in and ended up winning 8-6. to six. So Georgia Tech starts off the season 4-0, quite the start for the Jackets. Not only for the Jackets, but also for one of the Jackets in particular, Jake DeLeo, 
is, was named the National Player of the Week by Collegiate Baseball. Yeah. He hit yeah. 417 with three home runs and accounted for 12 of the 36 runs by the Jackets over the weekend. Now, Jake DeLeo uh, only played, and I, it's either DeLeo or DeLeo, so I, again, hope I'm pronouncing it correct. I just did. I don't know which way it is. He was limited to just 30 games last season. So he certainly yeah. made the most of his opening weekend. His three home runs give him seven for his career and already more than he had in any single season of the past two seasons that he's played. Yeah, well, he he was he played pretty well last year too, just had some injury problems, as you mentioned. So he's probably going to be one of the big bats in this lineup. The other one is right fielder Stephen Reed, who had himself a great uh, start to the season too. Hit started off 417 in those first three games. He hit two home runs of his own. He only accounted for seven runs as opposed oh, to is that 12 all? from DeLeo. That's all, just seven. He, I mean, he, he, had his, he had his stuff. He also had, had drew two walks, so had a good start. Um, the big one right now, first baseman John uh, Giesler. He's started off hitting 556 so far. So he, he's, he's hitting himself too. He also drew three walks over the weekend, which – as a stat cast guy, I love that kind of stuff. I love on base percentage. I am, I will admit it. I'm a money ball guy. So he's been great. A uh, few other guys transfer Angelo Despigna, the other outfielder, Tech's outfield. Let's keep it this way. George Tech's outfield is probably going to be the carrier of this team. Steven Reed, Jack DeLeo, and Angelo Despigna. All three can mash. And it, as long as those guys are going, the, the offense is probably going to be producing. So, I believe right now, as we're talking after the first series and and then extra game here, the Jackets have cracked the top 25. I believe one ranking has them as high as 22nd. So I think, you know, last year's team was very veteran-laced, had a lot of major league prospects. This team has brought in some great prospects, but it's going to be a relatively younger team in terms of, uh, of the ACC, and I believe the ACC is is definitely one of the top baseball conferences in the country. Mm-hmm. And so, kind of how I, I you know what, so one of the things you and I need to promise our listeners uh, is that I will do my effort to try and pick up an early season game on the ACC network or listen on Rec Radio or or six eighty wherever they play it on. Locally, I'll try to get some of the names down so I pronounce them all correctly. Uh, and we will certainly do more than wait till the end of the season to check in. We're g- we're going to talk about them week in week out, so we'll try to catch some of the games and see how this team does. So you you gave some of the uh, early game stats here. What should someone who is going to be checking in on Ramblin' Rack or following it a little bit on their favorite uh, sports app? What should they be looking for? What should we use? You mentioned the outfield, uh, you know, kind of hitting, mashing. Are we going to be more of an offense first team? Are we going to try to be balanced? What's your opinion of what Tech needs to do to win? Offense offense is definitely going to carry the day. Um, And that's normal because, you know, pitching is hard to find, believe it or not. Um, Being good at pitching in in the in baseball is is incredibly hard to do especially when a lot of the top arms end up going pro out of high school so the kids that you can get in 
you know, there's plenty of top arms that go to college, but there's also plenty of top arms that head straight for the professional ranks. So uh, Tech, they did struggle a little bit with pitching. Uh, Dawson Brown was the one who started the Friday night game uh, against Miami, and he did not pitch well, only lasted two and two or three innings, gave up five runs. So the chances of him being the Friday night starter, probably not the highest uh, right now. The one that I would kind of pencil in as the guy to probably do it is Jackson Finley. Because uh, he was the one that he pitched the next game and only gave up two runs in five innings. Logan McGuire also had a really good start on Sunday, only gave up two runs in five innings. So there's at least some good talent. Uh, the bullpen with kids like Ben King, Aiden Finitary, and Terry Bossy. Uh, there's still talent in there. Uh, it's just again, it's it's hard to be a, a really good pitcher. And the other part of it is it's the beginning of the season, so some of that take it with a grain of salt. We'll see what happens. I just know that last year, pitching was kind of our undoing. Tech jumped out to a lead against Tennessee in the College World Series until the um, <clears throat> until the pitching eventually just kind of slowly gave it up through some walks and some yeah. hits and yada, yada, yada. Tennessee was also one of the best teams in the nation, so there was also that. You know, for we've, you know, we follow – we talk a lot about Tech basketball, and, you know, when you get to March Madness – things have to go your way. You you have to get lucky to an extent, right? You you have to yeah, have absolutely. a ball bounce your way. You have to put yourself in a position to win and make the shot, of course. But there are, you know, look at NC State, you know, tournament run, survive in advance, the famous 30 for 30. And I, I watch that going on. And, you know, it, it a lot of times things have to go your way. In baseball, it's even more so that sometimes you just, momentum is such a huge thing. You can do everything right, and a guy can hit a squibber, and and end the game to an extent. And and tech, you know, tech is unfortunately a little famous in its history for having some fantastic teams. That how did they not make the College World Series, or how did they not go farther in the College World Series? And it, it starts to become this curse. But sometimes, and last year's team was a good example. They just they things just kind of didn't go their way at the end, and. You know they'll take the blame, but it should be a fun team to watch. I, I wanted to mention one other thing because uh, you know this this podcast. By the way, Joshua, what, what's the what's the name of this podcast? What's the good word? To hell with is Georgia. Speaking of that, uh, the Georgia Tech Georgia baseball series is one of the more unique ones in the country because of the way they've done it, especially the last few years. And so I need to give a shout out. And I'm going to give a shout out to the Tech baseball team. I'm not giving a shout out to those idiots who misspell the the canines up in that other place on the other side of Georgia. But <clears throat> the Georgia Georgia Tech baseball series is rather unique. Uh, they 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 do this one, and and this year it's happening on the weekend of March third, fourth, and fifth. Friday night they play at Georgia. Saturday they play at Tech. And then Sunday, they play at Cool Ray Field, where the AAA team of the Braves, the Gwinnett Stripers, play. So it's a weekend series, but they play it at three different stadiums. That's kind of unique. That's kind of different. Kind of cool. And uh, awesome. yeah, we actually, I actually attended the Cool Ray game last year. Uh, Marquise Grissom's son pitched in that game. So we got to get to meet Marquise. He's just standing there behind home plate and not many people were bugging him so and we didn't want to bug him but we just want to say you know hey we're rooting for your son so that was really cool 
And he was super nice. So it's a great experience. If you get a chance, uh, you can check out ramblerrec.com. You can also go to Cool Ray Field and their box office, and you can buy tickets for that game. It, it was a sellout for sure. And we sat on the Georgia side last year, uh, kind of by accident. We know where we want to sit at Cool Ray. I've, I've gone many times. So we were sitting on the yeah. shade side, which happened to be the visitor side, which is where Georgia was. And these Georgia fans were like, you know, you can sit on the other side. And I was like, I know I can. I don't want to. I, I can cheer for my team right here. What You know, they just quite didn't know what to make of it. So we found some other tech fans and we hurled epithets at the other the other fans. Good, good, good choice of words. Thank you. That's one. Yeah, uh, we don't want to get too racy on the show. Yeah, I mean, it's we look forward to that. Absolutely. I, I think Tech has a chance to do some make some make some noise this year. Uh, definitely is the most successful program of the last 10 years in, in the Georgia Tech campus. And, and it, Georgia Tech baseball is the most consistent thing of excellence. I, I, I'd say baseball and golf are, are probably the two things. And we've had success in football. We've had success in basketball. We had a great run, you know, of course, Kremen's run in the 80s, 90s. But I would say over time, especially over the last 20, you say 10 years, I'd say 20 to 30 years, it, it's really been baseball. There there has been very few down years where we're just not good. We we are always up in the, sec, up in the upper half of the ACC. We just have never had that big win. Maybe... Maybe one of these years it will be us. So, <clears throat> so is that our preview of the baseball baseball team? That is expect a lot of bombs, a decent amount of walks, some high scoring games, and hopefully an ACC title. And we will we will certainly be following it week in week out, trying to give you some updates. I, I would be remiss without mentioning that uh, the Yellow Jackets softball team has also kicked off their season. They actually just beat Kennesaw State 5-3. to three. Uh, Not off to the best start. They are a relatively young team, comparatively. Uh, they have a lot of sophomores on this team and, and quite a few freshmen. Uh, more than half the team is freshmen and sophomores, so they're they're building something. We will be checking in with them, and we'll certainly let you know highlights of how that team does, but they have had losing ACC records the last couple of years, so hopefully they can find some success this spring. Absolutely. So I believe we've – so as we kind of wind down the show, want to thank everybody for listening. And, Joshua, this is a show where we do all of the talking on here, but we certainly welcome uh, our fans to interact with us, and we'd like to either get them on the show or get a shout-out to them on the show. Speaking of shout-outs to listeners, you have a very interesting story about looking at some of our analytics of our show. We are – a worldwide sensation. We're 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 becoming a worldwide sensation. Um, so we <laughs> relatively early in the show's creation, I did notice that we got a download in the United Kingdom. We also got a download in India, which I thought, okay, it is what it is. We'll move on. Well, just recently we have gotten downloads in Australia, but this was the big one. We have two downloads in the wonderful country of Latvia. So now, thank you, Latvians, for listening to what's the good word. Now I have a theory. So uh, would you allow me to pontificate my theory quickly? Absolutely. I would love to hear so, your theory. So uh, the the uh, 
new freshman on the basketball team, Fred Pauls Bergatskis, Joshua's favorite of the two uh, two main freshmen who have been incoming, minus Kirill Markinov. But Fred Pauls comes from Latvia. In fact, his father, I believe, played on the Latvian national team, or was it his mother? I can't remember which, but I seem to think that our two listeners, our two downloads from Latvia is from Fred Paul's family because we've shouted him out. He actually played in the Florida Tech game. I believe he got a bucket in that game. I'm not sure, but um, so we've been shouting out Fred Paul's and talking about him. So we think, I think, I think someone in his family or at least one of his running buddies from his Latvian playground playing days uh, is, is listening to our podcast. So we thank you. And if they want to get a hold of us and, and I would love to interview Fred Paul's parents. Absolutely. Fred Paul's himself or any of the other basketball players. But if they want to uh, get involved, how do they reach out to the show? Just email me, joshuajulian26 at outlook.com. Uh, Julian is spelled J-U-L-I-A-N. So joshuajulian26 at outlook.com. And that goes not just to our downloaders from Latvia or Australia or India or UK. It also goes for the people here in the lovely state of Georgia, any other state in the union, any other place in the world. And we would love to hear what you think about tech athletics. Ask your questions of us. Give us your opinion. We'll shout them out on the air. And so there is nothing left to say except to say, first of all, Joshua, thank you for being a great fan and being a great leader of this show. There's also a shout out and thank you to who started off the show, which is uh, Mr. Harvin and Jose Alvarado keep picking up full court, keep getting some, keep getting some grand theft Jose's. And, uh, we will, uh, if you, it, by the way, for all of our listeners, if you want to have some, some fun and some joy back in your life, if you need that, please YouTube Jose Alvarado highlights Pelicans and just watch some of him just doing what he did so well at tech now doing it with millionaires in the NBA and, uh, and, and give him praise for the contract he earned 100% on his own with his hard work and effort. So Jose, we started the show by saluting you. We end the show by saluting you. And we end this show by asking our listeners that all important question. What's the good word?